0: Welcome to Vet Talk, the veterinary podcast. Today we are talking about rabies, a disease that is fatal to both people and animals. I am here with fellow veterinarian and mentor JT. I met him about five years ago when I started doing relief work at his clinic. Before we get started, one of his staff will deliver our title, which is...
1: There's no maybes when it comes to rabies.
0: Now to our podcast. JT, tell me a bit about yourself. What made you want to become a veterinarian and how did your practice and you end up here? Well, I was born and raised in Maysville and, you know, just
1: like a million other little kids, you know, loved animals growing up and um, didn't originally, when I went to college, start out to be a vet. One of the reasons was because there was no veterinary school in Kentucky. And then as I went to graduate school at the University of Kentucky, I realized that that wasn't for me and looked into veterinary school and ended up at the University of Tennessee in Knoxville and graduated from there in 1993, came back here, had interviewed at a couple of places, but didn't find anything. And then the position at this clinic came open and uh, took that. And I've been here ever since. In 1996, I bought out half of the practice. And then in
0: 2001, bought out the other half. And so I'm the sole owner now. So uh, really the only thing I see weird about that is uh, you didn't go to Auburn? Uh, Some people might find that weird. (laughs) Uh, But they are the ones that went to Auburn. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But anyway, we're here today to talk about rabies. Okay. Um, So can you tell us a little bit about rabies?
1: Well, rabies is a viral infection that has very large public health implications you know years ago it it was especially relevant or more relevant i guess than than today although there are still some issues today but it's a it's a virus that is transmitted from mammal to mammal any mammal can get it some are more likely than others it's spread through primarily through the saliva so through a bite from one mammal to another and is fatal once symptoms start being exhibited
0: Rabies is actually a young virus. The older viruses don't kill their host because killing the host is not a good way for a virus to survive, to pass itself on. Older viruses keep a host alive longer to pass on the disease. However, age for a virus is on a different scale than people normally think of with age. Can you give us an idea of how old this young virus is?
1: The first reference of rabies was made in about
0: 2300
1: B.C., in the mosaic Esmuna code of Babylon, so it's it seems like
0: a very old disease. It is a very old disease, yes. But really, in the uh, lifetime of viruses, is it old or young? It would be young. Okay. yes, okay. absolutely. If you were advising a client and that client asked, "What are you, what would you see with rabies uh, in an animal? What would you tell them to look for?" Rabies
1: is a neurological disease. So, and there are basically two forms: the, the typical mad form, and then the dumb form. Both are are just as dangerous as the other. But you would see, in the case of a domestic animal, sometimes you know the typical drooling, excessive salivation, or even the dumb form where they're they're just kind of staggering around. Those would be things you would look at as far as dogs, wild animal wise. Any any wild animal that does not appear to be afraid of you in the daylight, especially in this area anyway,
0: skunks, then you need to be very wary. So is every wild animal that you see with a neurologic sign a rabid animal? No, not not
1: necessarily and chances are it's not. There are any number of other diseases that'll cause neurologic issues in wild animals, just as in people or domesticated animals. But in you know, rabies is something you just don't want to mess with.
0: So treat it like it's a, a rabid animal. Absolutely, yes. How important is rabies to pets then? One of the bigger, I don't want to say reservoirs,
1: but one of the bigger threats to the human population would be through dogs because dogs are going to, especially if they're run free, you know, they are going to be more likely to catch it, to get bitten by a rabid wild animal, and perhaps the owner wouldn't even know it. So it's, it's extremely important as a link between rabies and the public health.
0: And that's why it's so important to vaccinate your pets. We don't see a lot of rabid animals around, but is it a vaccine important to the pets in preventing the disease? And then is it still something that we see in humans?
1: Yes, there, are, there was a case in Fleming County, um, I believe it was in 2012, where a young girl died from rabies. And the AVMA puts out a report every year, and there are always, and it, I don't know, probably a Northern Hemisphere report or a North American report, and it'll every once in a while have a human exposure. But yeah, the back to the vaccines, it's extremely important because that's going to be, if the dog or cat is the big link between rabies and humans, the biggest chance of us getting it would be a rabid pet, then vaccinations are of the utmost importance because it, will prevent them from getting rabid.
0: Rabies is typically regulated by state law. Every state is unique, so listeners will have to check their local rabies laws. But for those in Kentucky, a one-year and a three-year vaccine is recognized. We initially give a one-year vaccine around four months of age and then move to a three-year vaccine in dogs and cats. For horses, I recommend yearly vaccines because we don't have the data to claim the protection or the length of protection that we do in dogs and cats. As you said, all mammals can get rabies, so I also push for production animals that will be on a farm long term, like a breeding bull, to be vaccinated annually as well. I recommend this because it is another step of protection for people because often their farm animals are closer to rabid animals than their dogs and cats. The risk with farm animals is people, and sometimes veterinarians, don't always think of rabies when these animals show neurologic signs, and they may not take proper precautions and can be exposed to the disease. So I always keep rabies on the top of my list of diseases with animals showing neurologic signs, and I vaccinate animals for one more level of protection between wild animals with rabies and people. Do we have um, anything in place for uh, preventing this disease in wild animals?
1: There are some oral rabies vaccinations that have been utilized in certain areas east of the Appalachian Mountains, the the big raccoons are the big carrier, whereas in Kentucky, we've never seen a case of raccoon rabies, again, the skunks. But the four the four reservoirs in the United States, anyway, are, are skunks, bats, foxes, and raccoons. So I know there are some oral vaccines that have been utilized
0: for raccoons. I'm not sure about the other ones. Okay. And the government's putting these out yes. at various spots. We've talked about a few of the uh, ways that we've, we're preventing rabies. Do you think this is something we will ever eliminate from the world, this disease? I mean, theoretically, of course, it, it could be eradicated and
1: we would hope that that would happen but i think realistically there are probably always will be pockets in the wild animal population that will prevent that from ever happening how do bats play in as a reservoir for rabies bats are particular because they the spread is still through a bite but the bat bite can be so superficial that if you had for instance an infant or on the other end of the spectrum An older individual that's asleep in a room, the bat could potentially bite them and they may not even know it. So the old saying is that if you see a bat, if you find a bat in a room with a a baby or an old person, you should try to capture it and have it tested for rabies. So that's, you know, if you get bitten by a dog or a skunk or raccoon, you're going to know it but the bats on the other hand uh, pose a little bit
0: more of a problem. And do they are they the way that rabies transmits over some of these lines that we've created like in the mountains? Yeah, because things? of the because their ability to fly. Yeah. yeah. Like, now are bats a menace to society or just to uh, supervillains in Gotham City? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're they're actually helpful to society. <laughs> Um, so, so we don't need to be going out and killing no, all the don't bats kill all the
1: bats. No, they they have to be mosquitoes. They, yeah. <laughs> and they, will, they will have other issues.
0: What is and we're talking mostly about the United States, and we don't see a lot of rabies cases here compared to the rest of the world. But a lot of people may not know what what rabies is like in countries that don't have the. Uh, Protection of the of the populace vaccinating and the protection of the uh, government taking steps to protect from rabies. What's the threat in the rest of the world?
1: Well, as far as the the rest of the world, there's typically up to fifty five thousand cases annually of rabies. So, it, whereas in the United States, it's probably less than ten. So, in some areas, it's
0: you know almost endemic. Uh, what do you do if your pet or yourself is bitten? by an animal that is suspected to have rabies and how do we test for rabies to know that an animal has or does not have okay and this is something that that a lot of people get
1: confused with It's two different situations so if your pet is suspected of getting bitten by a rabid animal then that pet should be quarantined for about six months that way if in most cases almost every case the incubation period is shorter than that and so that would give it enough time for that pet to start showing signs in the case of a person that is bitten by a suspected animal let's just say a dog then we quarantine that dog for 10 days because it's going to be in that period of time if the dog was infectious that it would show signs of rabies virus and and actually it would die of it within that 10 days now, the incubation period in dogs and people are different as well, people being longer. And because of that, then you have time if you are bitten by something, a rabies suspect, then you don't have to, to rush to the doctor and get those shots. You can wait the 10 days. But if it does end up the dog is rabid, then you have time to get the. the we, we can the chase dog. this, this yes. disease. So. Yes. As far as testing for it, In dogs, currently, the only test is to, actually, it's a post-mortem test where you look at the
0: part of the brain. So, obviously, the animal's not living for that. Correct. Do the vaccinations give us a little more protection from preventing animals from being euthanized in a bite case?
1: Yeah, absolutely. A few years ago, well, probably a dozen now, I had a discussion with the state epidemiologist and he said... As of that time there were there have been no cases in the United States of a dog who had had two rabies vaccinations in its life ever come down with rabies even when you know no exposure which of course indicates that one vaccine evidently at one point some dog had come down with it after one vaccination so so two vaccinations uh, obviously or more is very very protective have you ever seen a case of rabies? I have not. I've, I've had several suspects. We've sent several away. Now I can tell you before I started working here, there was a case here. And it was actually in a puppy. Mm-hmm. And the owners were concerned about rabies. And they, they asked for it to be tested. Mm-hmm. And the veterinarian here at the time did not think that it was really warranted. But they did it because the owner and it came back positive. Mm-hmm. And everybody here... I think the veterinarian at the time was vaccinated against it, So, but the, the staff all had to undergo the, the shots.
0: I, I actually was able to see a case of rabies in school. It was actually not me who saw it, but I was in the room with it. It was on another rotation. We happened to share the ward, and one of my friends worked with that animal, and it turned out to be a rabid dog. Mm-hmm. Granted, Alabama has a little bit higher density of rabies cases. Uh, everyone who came in contact with that dog, as veterinarians, we get rabies vaccinations because of the hazard of working with such animals. So their vaccines were boosted and they were tested. The dog was quarantined. And thankfully, no one but the dog had rabies. Um, so That's that, that worked out really well for everyone involved except the dog, but no human Right. No humans were hurt. And that's, that's one of the biggest things that, as a veterinarian, we're looking out for the humans with the vaccination and rabies because that's one of those diseases that can go from, or from animals to humans. Do you have any closing comments, anything else about rabies? Just, just one thing that's it's
1: in Kentucky anyway, it's state law that dogs and cats be vaccinated for rabies. And, you know, we certainly encourage that. Another interesting tidbit about rabies is that just because you're bit by a rabid animal doesn't necessarily mean you're going to get rabies. It depends on a lot of factors, how many virus particles in the saliva, where you got bit, that sort of thing. Because the rabies travels up the nerves into the spinal cord, into the brain. Farther away from the brain it is, the lower the incubation. So if you get bitten in the face, then it's the chances of you actually contracting are
0: going to be higher, higher. versus you know your big toe. Gotcha. And that brings up, we're, we're veterinarians. We cannot give any advice to people. Right. Uh, but I did have a, uh, a doctor in vet school tell me that if someone is suspected of being bit by rabies, the first thing they can do as a first aid is to scrub the wound until you're, you're red from scrubbing because that can potentially wash the viral particles out and and potentially save your life. And again, as a veterinarian, I'd be saying call your doctor. right? But that's a good first aid step, uh, which hopefully won't get anyone in trouble uh, (laughs) there. But still, call your doctor for something like that. Well, thank you for listening, and thank you, JT, for joining us. We'll be back with another episode soon. And what's the one thing that we need to remember from today?
1: There's no maybes when it comes to rabies.